Welcome, Willow Park Church. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I am uh, grateful to be here and grateful to, uh, to worship together. We are excited as we go into a bit of a different message today, just talking about the responsibility and the hope that the church has and what we as, as people, as, as Christians, have to do in our world. Um, this week we had a, a moment with, with a girl outside of our, of our church who was, who was in pain, who was in need. And, uh, and our church was able to really give her the love and the care and the support that she needed in a really difficult time for such a young girl. And so we're so grateful that we as a church can be here to help. So as we worship today, let's think about the things that we can do. Let's ask God how we can move forward and serve Him better and serve Him in a way that would really proclaim the name of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. So as we worship, and as Phil speaks later on, using our gifts, using what He's given us to proclaim His love is what we're going to do as a church. Let's worship. Good morning, church. Um, I'm excited to lead worship. And this morning as we start to sing, we're going to sing uh, this song. It's out of scripture called Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. And um, when we're singing this, we are just, we're declaring, we're, we're saying so, we're saying of his goodness and we're agreeing together as a church. Um, yeah. So as we sing it, let's reflect on the lyrics and this is a really joyful tune and I love to sing it and just go like, yes, it is true. Jesus is good. So yeah, God, thank you. Thank you that we can worship. Thank you um, that we live in such an amazing city. God, thank you for this weather. You're so good. Oh, would you just be with us this morning, Holy Spirit? Just, just anoint the, the place that we are as we worship. Yeah, you are good.
This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie, every doubt. This is my surrender. And I will make
Be mad. 
lost and strong Worship you And if it puts me in the fire I'll rejoice cause you're the tear I won't be formed by feelings Or hold fast to what is true And if the cross brings transformation And you can hang me Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. As we come into communion, we just want to take a moment to steady our hearts, to write our hearts, to focus in on you, to give you the glory and to confess our sins. Let's take a moment. As we take communion today, let's take this bread and remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross. As we, the church, move and go out and try our best to serve him, remember what he did for us on the cross. Remember his body broken for us and his body broken for everyone that we meet, everyone in this world. So let's take this bread in remembrance of him.
Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done on the cross. Thank you for your blood poured out. As we stop and remember his blood poured out for us, remember the sins that he's washed away and take a moment to confess and to give him what we give him. Jesus, your blood is poured out for us to cleanse us from sin. Let's drink this in remembrance of him. Amen. Amen. Thank you for partaking communion with me. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining us at Church Online. Here is your family news. Our next Set Free Retreat is happening online on April 23rd and 24th. Set Free is a weekend of intentionally meeting with Jesus through teaching, breakout groups, and listening prayer. It's a time where you can experience greater spiritual renewal and lasting victory that only Jesus can give, and learn to hear and distinguish the voice of Jesus in your life. If you're feeling stuck and want to break free of old patterns and ways of thinking, then Set Free is for you. Learn more and sign up online at willowparkchurch.com slash set dash free. We have some exciting news for all of you who love camping. This summer, July 9th to 12th, we want to invite you to church camp happening at Pines Bible Camp. This camping experience is for all ages, and we will have activities for kids and adults. So save the date on your calendar, because this is something you won't want to miss. Registration will be coming soon, so watch your emails and our website for details. We are now having outdoor church services at all of our locations each Sunday. Church on Lawn happens at Highway 33, at 10.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. alongside their drive-in church services. It's also happening in Lake Country at 10.30 a.m. And next Sunday, we'll be starting our service at Willow Park South at 10.30 a.m. Space is limited to 50 people, so you'll need to pre-register if you'd like to attend. Our drive-in services will also now require pre-registration. Learn more on our website at willowparkchurch.com onlawn. Alpha is a free online course that creates a space to discuss life's big questions and explore the Christian faith. The Alpha course online is starting this Tuesday, April 13th at 7 p.m. If you haven't taken this course yet, or even if you haven't taken it in a while, we encourage you to sign up and bring a friend. Learn more at willowparkchurch.com alpha. I wasn't in a good place at all. I was battling cancer, and then COVID hit, and there was isolation on top of it, and I felt broken and alone. It's not right to have to watch your dad's funeral on a Zoom meeting. Our pastor called us and said, well, everything is canceled. This is really an opening. It's an opportunity to speak into the lives of people and let them encounter and experience Jesus for themselves. God doesn't care about 
the computers, doesn't care about the barriers, doesn't care about the lockdown. He's going to reach out to people he wants to reach out to regardless of where we were. Online Alpha is one of those unexpected works of God. It's going to be ongoing for us as a church from here on out. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Welcome. I'm so blessed that we can gather like this and I'm so pleased that you've joined us and that you are with us this morning, Sunday morning, celebrating the goodness of God and all that God has done in our lives. Well, also South is joining us as well as Lake Country. I'm so grateful that you are here, that you're online. Uh, good to see you, South community. What we want to do is we're bringing all of our teaching into line, ready for our next series. We have two more teachings in the book of Daniel. But this Sunday, after Easter, I really wanted to take a moment to develop that theme about the whole idea about how we move forward in terms of the kingdom of God and all that we are facing with COVID. We're facing loads of challenges and problems. And I want to remind you that we have an anchor. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forever runner, our trailblazer, Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Fantastic. Yes, in the middle of these problems, in the middle of uh, COVID, in the middle of the growing numbers of, uh, once again, of infections, we have to ask ourselves the question, how will the church move forward at this time? Post-COVID, what is going to happen to the church? What is the heart of how the church should be and the way that the church should move forward? What is that heart? You know, I know that in my own life, when I meet people, they often ask me what I do. Now, I know that if I tell them instantly, oh, that can be a problem, a real problem. You know, it can shut the conversation down. One of my favorite lines is, well, you know, Talk to me for a little bit longer and then I want you to have three guesses what I do for a living. And sometimes if it's the right person, I'll be cheeky and I'll say, I'll give you three guesses. And if you get it right, I'll give you 20 bucks. I'll give you tw uh, 10 pounds, I used to say in England. And they were like, really? Yes. And then they start to talk to me. Then they throw things at me. I think you're this. Are you a graphic designer? Are you into computers? Are you a salesman? Mm, a little bit. Are you even once said, are you an exotic dancer? <laughs> Say no more. That's a little bit insulting. <laughs> because first of all, I've got no rhythm. And secondly, no, I'm not an exotic dancer. And, and eventually I turn to them and say, I'm a Christian and I'm a pastor. Oh, they go, I knew there was something about you. You carry that vibe. You carry that feel. I knew it. 
at that moment. I knew there was something, then we talk. I have a friend who's an evangelist, and when he's asked, he always gives the same answer. And it's quite a lot more elegant than my answer. His answer is, you know, he sat on a plane. He often tells this story. And somebody say, oh, hello, where are you going? He said, well, I'm going back to London. Where are you coming from? I'm coming back from Sydney. And often after a while, they go, so what do you do for a living? Oh, he says, he's actually an evangelist. He says, um, that's a little bit difficult for me to explain. I'm part, he says, of a global enterprise. Oh, really? A global? Yes, yes. Part of a global enterprise. I work for this global enterprise. We have, we have outlets in all 195 countries in the world. Really? Gosh, that's massive. We are massive. We're actually bigger than the United Nations, you know. Really? Yes, we are. Yes, we're into hospitals. We build them. We look after them. We're into hospices. We like to be with people through difficult times. We're into uh, feeding the poor and helping with feeding programs. We do relief. We actually also build schools all over the world. And we work with young people. We support people. We are actually specialists in behavioral transformation and behavioral change. And she's going, wow, wow, this is amazing. You're all of those things. Yes, yes, yes. I work for this amazing organization that does all of this. We've been around for 2,000 years. Really? What? Yes, we're not, only, we're not only global, but actually intergalactic. What? Who are you? What is this organization called? And he always looks at them and says, this organization is called the church. Now, I love that. I love all that the church does. And you could go on with the list again and again and again. But I love that. Why do I love that? I love it simply because it reminds me that not even COVID. And as we face COVID and as we face problems, nothing is going to stop the power and the work of the church. Nothing is going to stop the message of Jesus. And as we come out of COVID. What is the church? What can I say to you about how the church should be in this time of crisis, in this time of challenge, in this time of difficulty? Well, first of all, I want to take you to Acts chapter 11 and Acts chapter 13, because the early church in Acts teaches us 12 principles about how we can keep going and come out of COVID with confidence. How can we keep going and come out of COVID with confidence as the church of Christ? A lot of C's there. But I like that. Let me remind you of these verses. Of course, there's been a great persecution. Some of them, however, men of Cyrene and Cy uh, Cyrene went to Antioch. And began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. I love that. There is the, there's a spreading that is taking place. Let's start at verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, travelled as far as Venetia, Cyprus and Antioch. Spreading the word only among, not only amongst the Jews... Some of them, however, 
men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived, he saw what the grace of God had done and he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught. Great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And during this time, some of the prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up and through the spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and the sisters living in Judea. And then we jump to chapter 13. About how the ministry team were praying together and they were setting aside Paul and Saul. And while they were worshipping the, the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul. I have called them. And so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. What can we learn? What can we understand from the story of the church at this point. What can we understand? Well, here we have a picture, and I may have shared this little story with you, of Arbroath Abbey. It's destroyed. Henry VIII actually destroyed Arbroath Abbey. But this was a place in northern Scotland on the east coast where the monks would pray and they would pray for God's power to come. Twelve miles away from the abbey, out at sea, there's a reef. And this reef destroyed literally hundreds of ships. And they cared so much for all the sailors that were being killed at this time that they turned their high tower and this lovely uh, circle into a massive area of fire. And they built a fire there and every night, day after day, year after year, at night, they would burn that round eye of fire because it would send a message from the abbey across the ocean about the danger of the wreckage and the danger of what was going on and the danger of being shipwrecked and dying. We have an anchor for our soul. But a lot of people don't have an anchor for their soul. And I want to remind you that as we come through COVID and out of COVID, that God will be with us like he was with the Antioch church. But I want to remind you that you and I and the church of Christ is there to blaze a fire in the sky and declare that Jesus Christ is the answer. That we are there as light, that we are there as hope, that we are there as an answer. And I love this. And I want to encourage you that as we work our way forward, how are we going to come out? Well, what can we learn from the church in Antioch? 
12 quick things we can learn from the church in Antioch. When we read those scriptures, the first thing that we learn is this. We learn that this movement in Antioch happened through ordinary people. They were lay people. These weren't bishops. These weren't apostles. These were refugees. These were people that came out of the persecution of Stephen. These were people that were lost, that were broken. But God chose to turn a Greek city upside down through ordinary people. Can I say that as we prepare to come out or go through COVID, it is ordinary people on fire for Jesus that will keep changing the world. It is ordinary people. It is lay people. It is you listening and it is me preaching under the priesthood of all believers that will make a difference. It was a bunch of refugees that went to Antioch. First point. They were ordinary. The second point we realise is that they were willing to sacrifice. Oh yes, it was painful. It was difficult. They'd been persecuted in Jerusalem. They were being sent out all across the world. But they were willing to sacrifice. Sadly, I don't think in many areas of the Western church today, we are willing to feel the pain of sacrifice. I don't think that we are willing to feel the pain. It's like that Rocky movie, Rocky 4, I think it is, when his trainer says to him, he says, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight that guy. I've won 10 fights. And the trainer says, no, <laughs> you're too soft. We laid those fights so you would win. But that one, you're not ready. You become too soft. No, I am ready. No, you're not ready. You will not win because you've allowed yourself to become too soft. We're in a spiritual battle and we've allowed ourselves, even in the Western church, to forget that Christianity is hard, that Christianity is tough. We win little fights, but we've forgotten that actually the church was birthed out of persecution, out of pain, out of difficulty. And we have simply become, you know, we're not willing to sacrifice, but because of their sacrifice, they made a massive impact on Antioch and God moved in power. Three, what do we learn? Well, we learn, uh, thirdly, they were willing to break with the past. They, they, they preached a message that said, we don't need buildings. We don't need a temple. We don't need all this, all these books here. We've got this and we don't need all these customs. We're willing to break with the past because we're following the work of the Holy Spirit and the teachings of Jesus Christ, the true Messiah. We're willing to break with the past. And I think as we come out of COVID, We've got to be, yes, passionate, but we've got to say sometimes we've got to do church the way we didn't used to do church. We've got to break with the past in some areas. We've got to change the way we're doing it. COVID is driving us to rethink everything and it's driving us to break with some areas of the past that needed breaking and get us back on mission and get us back on track. Four. Well, they were passionate. They were excited. And I love this subject because the one thing I know is we should not lose our passion, our enthusiasm. 
These were people full of the Holy Spirit in Antioch, sharing the good news. People were getting saved. They were enthusiastic. You've heard me say this a lot of times. But the day I found Christ, I remember the next morning sharing passionately with my mum that she needed Jesus. I was just enthusiastic. I went to school that day. And I shared in the form room that I'd become a Christian. And if anybody wanted to come, come and talk to me and I'll explain it. (laughs) That was a bold statement. I got a tap on the shoulder. And a girl stood there called Cindy. She said, I want to become a Christian. What do I have to do? I said, I don't know. (laughs) You can do what I did if you want and see if it works. I pulled out a tract. You know, we can still give people tracts with a prayer on. Michelle and I were talking about the tract she was given before she was even a Christian. It stayed in the drawer for five years until it did its work. And I prayed the prayer with her. And I said, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, at the end, that girl was born again. And it was the first person I ever led to Christ. Why? Well, I was a lay person. I was nobody, but I had Jesus and I was enthusiastic and excited. We're going to come out of COVID in the right way if we maintain our enthusiasm, if we are willing to move forward. And of course, what we notice is that they taught that Paul and Barnabas arrived and taught. They weren't you know, smash and grab evangelists. They weren't somebody that just turned up and hit and run. These were people that came to Antioch and taught. And we've got to be willing to keep teaching. We've got to be willing to keep thinking. We've got to be willing. I was, I was praying this through in my office. And I looked up at my uh, bookshelf and I, I was given this book. I was given this book. It's A Bible commentary by F.B. Myers, Bible commentary. F.B. Myers was, you know, a great evangelical leader. Amazing. But I remember how I got this at 15 years of age. Because if the first four thing is God uses ordinary people. We have to be willing to sacrifice. We need to break with the past and try new things all the time that we're doing. And we need passion and enthusiasm. Consistent teaching. This book was given to me by an old brethren elder who invited me, my brother and my mother, a single mom, to their home. They cooked us the best Chinese food I could ever remember having. He talked about me going to Bible college. And then he said, I want to give you a gift, Phil. So this is what? I want to say 40 years ago, he gave me this book and he said, read this. I'd never read a book from cover to cover. He said, read it. Read it. But I took this book and I've had it for 40 years. And in the early days when I was 16, 17 and even in recent years, I flip it open and I read. It's now falling to pieces. I read what F.B. Myers said and consistent teaching. You see, 
We want to keep the teaching going. We want to be consistent in our teaching and be willing to grow. And it comes with love and hospitality. If the church is going to explode out of COVID, we need to be a people of love. We've got to stop backbiting. We've got to stop fighting each other. We've got to stop being uh, caused to go in different directions. We've got to love each other. And as soon as we can, we've got to be hospitable and loving and caring for each other and for the unsaved. Because this was the mark of Antioch and the church. They loved each other. Maybe there's a young 15-year-old that you can give him, perhaps not a, a Myers commentary, but something more relevant to him today. Something that, that will really speak. Maybe there's a family that you should have round when we can for meals. Because the church is going to be very different at the end of the pandemic. But I believe that if we are willing to be ordinary people used by God, we're willing to feel the pain of sacrifice. We're willing to break with the past. We're willing to keep our passion and our enthusiasm for Jesus. Consistently teach and keep our love and keep our hospitality hospitality flowing. Then that will make such a difference in our lives. But I want to remind you that in the life of the church, they used all the gifts. It talks about that in chapter Um, 13, that there was the prophets and the teachers, and it uses the full power of our gifts and abilities. And COVID has shown us that we need all the body of Christ with all of the gifts to move and to make a difference. We need those gifts. I'm a pastor evangelist. It's an unusual mixture. I use my pastoral skills to lead people to Jesus, to make a difference. But you've got gifts and those we need small group leaders. We need leaders. We need spiritual people to step up, not step out, not go on maintenance, but keep on mission. That's what we need today. We need to get on with it. We need God to move in power. And there's some other points I want to share with you. Yes, they use gifts, but this church was also a remarkable church because this church was willing. It was truly willing to to care for the poor and care for the needy. It was willing to make a difference. You know, it was willing to give a cup of soup. It was willing to clothe the poor. It was willing to help Jerusalem out because of the famine and the poverty. It was willing to make a difference. Can I remind you that any church, yeah, any church that takes responsibility and cares for the poor and for the broken and meets the needs in our community of where normal people are hurting, will always gain respect. Always gain respect. And we've got to be a healing church. In as much as that where there is brokenness, we bring healing. That where there is pain, we bring freedom. That God moves in power and he moves in strength. We will gain respect. The next thing, nine, they were a praying church. They were a worshipping church. They were a fasting church. 
They no doubt had times of glorious silence where they listened to discern the voice of God. Enthusiastic, dynamic worship you're reading here in Acts chapter 13 of the Antioch church. Oh, don't lose a dynamic worship life. Come out of COVID more on fire than you went in. Keep believing, keep praying, keep moving, keep lifting your arms up to heaven and believing that God can do amazing things through you, that God will be with you. Keep worshiping. They were a missions church. They sent their best out. They sent Barnabas and Paul. I remember, I'm sorry to keep reminiscing, but I remember when when I was sent out and the elders gathered around me, first mission trip, 17 years old, the old men with their black King James Bibles gathered around me and they prayed, prayed long prayers of anointing. But God's spirit was there. So even I shared with you. Last week, I was walking through hope. It was starting to rain. A little lady ran up to me. She'd been hunting down her lost grandson who was involved in gangs. Her phone was dead. She had no way of contacting him. And she said, sir, will you, will you please let me use your mobile phone? I was a little bit, and they went, yes, yes, let's call. And we called and I heard the voice of a grandmother pleading to a grandson to come home. And at the end of it, I, I looked at her and I said, do you believe in Jesus? She said, yes, I believe in Jesus. This, this happened a week or so ago. Yes, I believe in Jesus, she said. I said, do you believe in the power of prayer? She said, yes, yes, yes. A little body was shaking up and down. I said, let's pray. We prayed for a grandson. I don't know the end of the story. But I blessed her, I prayed with her, I encouraged her. She went off and I went and climbed the Hope Lookout, which is very hard, by the way. There is always that moment where we care for the poor, where we are praying people and worshippers. And I know walking down the street in Hope before she shouted at me, I was again Prayer walking, I had nothing to do, the car had broken down. I was prayer walking through hope and the Holy Spirit had an appointment and God broke into that woman's life and worked. It was beautiful. Are you ready for Holy Spirit appointments? Because let me tell you, it was a missionary church that gave away its best. And sometimes we have to give away our best. We have to keep going out. We have to keep believing. However hard it is. However difficult. And believe me, when anybody tries to go beyond the norm, the enemy hates that and tries and stops them. Tries and stops them and tries to rob them. We've got to be careful. So careful. Well, what did he do then? Well... You know, uh, point 11, I want to say, is that they were full of the Holy Spirit. This was a church that welcomed the move of the Holy Spirit. We're stepping into a Holy Spirit series before uh, Pentecost and beyond Pentecost. But they were, 
Their characters were transformed. You notice what it says about Barnabas? They were of good character. How we need to keep the Lord transforming us in good character. And the Lord changing us in that good character. So that we may be that light shining. They were charismatic. In other words, they let God grab hold of them and use them. And strange characters like Agabus. And then there were teachers. And there were those who had the apostolic heart. Like the Apostle Paul. They weren't siloed like we are today. Oh, these are crazy people. And these are the teachers. And this is this. No, they had all the gifts in the body of Christ. And if we're coming out of COVID as a church on fire, God needs to take and use all the gifts that are present, the gifts and the work of the Holy Spirit. They utterly depended upon the Holy Spirit. And of course, they believed utterly in Jesus and the gospel. It was all about the gospel All about the gospel. That the gospel is the greatest love message to the world. That the gospel changes hearts. You see what I'm telling you? We can learn from the Antioch church. They didn't have a pandemic, but they had persecution. They were refugees. We can learn as we come through and out of COVID. We can learn some things from them. We can learn that God uses ordinary people. We can learn without a doubt that we need to sacrifice and it's painful to bring the biggest impact. We have to be willing to do things differently and break with the past. Oh, we've got to be willing, yes, to be enthusiastic and to be passionate. We've got to be willing to keep teaching Teaching the word consistently and teaching everybody. That's why small groups are so important. Alpha and all that we're doing. Get involved. That we're teaching. Oh, completely we have to be a people that are full of love and hospitality. Christians should not be seen as those who are the angry ones. We're the ones full of love, full of grace, full of hospitality. We're the ones that God uses every gift and ability in the family of God. We're the ones that care for the poor and the needy in the world. We're the ones that love to worship, that we love to pray. We love to lift up holy hands. We love to believe that God answers prayer because the coincidence is this, that when I pray, the coincidence is things change. And when I don't pray, things don't change. We are a fasting, praying, believing community. We're a missionary community, not a maintenance. We're called to go and to move. We're a community full of the Holy Spirit. And we're a community that believes in the power of Jesus and the gospel. And this is where they were first called Christians. Was Antioch. It was a nickname. It was a mockery. It was like when I was at school, they used to call me preacher. And it was a nice term. It wasn't horrible. They say, hey, preacher, come over here. Hey, preacher, come here. Hey, preacher. I was known as a preacher. If you hadn't got that point completely. What are you known as? Are we known as Christ followers? Listen, when you look at the last letters of Christian, it spells Ian. Ian will not change anything. 
But Christ changes everything. Sorry for those of you who are called Ian. God bless you. But we are Christians and it's Christ that changes our lives and we believe in his message. I've told, may have told some of you this story before. But I remember when I was on a call centre trying to make contact and change my phone. I ended up talking to a guy and I told him what I did. At that time, I led a mission agency. And we built orphanages in Bulgaria. He said, I'm an orphan. I said, really? He said, yes, sir, I'm an orphan. I was raised by the fathers in Ireland. He had a strong Irish accent. I said, really? He said, I left that place. I'd never been hugged, never been embraced. I lived like the devil. He said, sir, I lived like the devil. I lived like the devil. I said, what happened? He said, in my 40s, I tracked down my old mother. I'd never really known or met. Withered, old, in a small little house, dirty with nicotine. She sat there smoking and she sat there withered. And I sat opposite her. I tried to talk to her about my father. And then she said, you know something, son. Your father loved you, loved you always to the end. He just couldn't help you. Really? Yes. Yes. How do you know? Well, he wrote you a letter just about every day while you were in the orphanage before he died. I never got any letters. No, she said. No. I kept them. I thought it would upset you. I thought it would hurt you. I thought it might create problems. I thought it might create difficulties. She said, I've got the letters if you want them. She disappeared, came back with a massive brown box full of love letters from a father. I went home. I opened that box and I read every letter. I wept for days. And that day I came out knowing that I was healed and I had a father who loved me. And I didn't need to live like the devil anymore because of those letters. Can I just tell you something, friends? We have the greatest love letter. You are the greatest love letter because you are a message to the world and, you, and it's the messenger and the message. But Jesus is the greatest love letter. And the danger is that the church will put the love letters in a box and keep it in our roof. And we forget that God has called us to pass out the love letters of Jesus to the world. And to make a difference. To share God's love to this world. And be able to move forward. That's what we're called to do, friends. We are called to bring a love letter to this world. I asked if I could share this story. He gave me a uh, He said, yes, gladly. So where do we move from here? We're the love letters. Well, let me tell you, through COVID, we've got to learn to model the best Christianity we possibly can. We've got to keep sharing and teaching our families, our children, our people around us. We've got to keep persevering. We've got to keep going out there and sharing and getting engaged in whatever we can and how we can. We've got to be creative. But above all, my dear friends, we've got to keep praying. We've got to be a people of prayer. We've got to be a people to make a difference. You see... This abbey where people 
once burnt a fire high, high up in that tower. It not only went over the North Sea that sent a light and poets wrote about our Broth Abbey, but it also sent a light over the little town, fishing town, our Broth. And a lovely poet wrote about how the warmth of the light from the church at night brought comfort to the small wee village. Friends, you and I, whether you're part of 33, whether you're part of South Campus, whether you're part of Lake Country, whether you're connecting all over the world, wherever you are, my dear friends, you and I are called to keep the fires of the church burning. Burning in evangelism. And this is how we evangelize a city. A city like Antioch. Oh, we evangelize it. By normal people sharing Jesus. We evangelize it. Oh yeah. We evangelize it by sacrifice and giving. We evangelize it. Well, we do it through breaking from the past and trying new things in our life. We evangelize it by our enthusiasm, by our teaching. We evangelize it by our willingness to be loving and hospitality. We evangelize how? By using all the gifts in the body, by caring for the poor and the needy. We evangelize it by being worshiping people and praying people and seeking God. How we evangelize? By being a missionary church. Mission. We're all on mission, not maintenance. By being full of the Holy Spirit. That God will give us his power and his strength and Jesus-centered, gospel-believing and asking God to move and work. I think that's how we face COVID. The way that Antioch faced COVID with all their characters and all that they had. And what a difference they made in that Greek city, pagan city, Broken city. You can still go to the ruins. They're spectacular. It was amazing. The capital of Syria. Amazing. But Jesus turned up in that city and did something. Can I ask you now? Maybe it's time as we go beyond Easter towards Pentecost. That you seriously consider what I've shared with you. And you seriously give your life back to Jesus. And by giving your life back to Jesus and consecrating yourself for the service of the Lord, let the Lord take you and meet with you. Do that right now. Lord Jesus, we give ourselves over to you and we want to be instruments in your hands. Use us. To make a difference in this world. Use us to change this world, I pray. Fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've got Alpha starting on the 14th. Invite somebody, share with somebody. We've also got set free. Coming on the 23rd, 24th, getting our lives sorted out. 
sorting it, be online, be a great environment, be fantastic. But let's step forward. And if anybody says, hey, what's Willow Park Church's plan for coming out of COVID? What's Willow Park Church all about? What's their pastor's view on the church? Is the church dead? Say, no, you want to listen to this sermon. He gave us 12 points from the Antioch church about the way that we should live and the way that we should move forward. Bless you. Thanks for joining.